interviewing top sports personalities from around the nation in order to provide you next-level insight and analysis into your Cleveland Browns. Blue Wire Hustle proudly presents All Eyes on Cleveland. And now, here is your host, Brad Ward. What's happening? It's Brad Ward, your host of All Eyes on Cleveland. And it is Browns versus Bengals game day preview edition show, joint collaboration, All Eyes on Cleveland, the OBR film room breakdown with Jake Burns, like we always do about this time. Here's Jake. Hey guys, welcome in to your game day edition preview. It's a crossover between All Eyes on Cleveland and Brad Ward, who is with me, and your, you know, pretty uh, pretty average to below average host of OBR Film Breakdown, Jake Burns. We are finally, Brad, um, well, let me ask you this. We'll start this way. Has this been the longest week of Brown's uh, football coverage in, you know, I guess the last two years? I don't. I can't remember a longer week. It feels like this thing is crawling and there's been so much drama, which I don't want to get into the drama, but just kind of the point of like, I can't believe they just played, you know, last Sunday against Pittsburgh feels like four weeks ago at this point, man. Yeah. Um, it's like when, you know, when you say you has went someplace and, you know, partied real hard and you're like, oh man, spent a year there that night, you know, it's like, uh, we spent, we spent a couple of years here this week, uh, in Brown's, in Brown's time. It was brutal, man. It's a, it's been a long, hard week and, uh, I, I'm just ready for a game, you know, and I'm sure, sure all the, everybody around the organization is as well. Yeah, they're going to try to move on, man. It's been it's been a turmoil-filled week, but the only thing they can do is move on. It looks like it will be nice weather for a game. I'm seeing low 60s in Cincinnati and dry, not much wind. So a little different than what we've seen up in Cleveland the past few weeks. And then, it because it's been so windy up in Cleveland, doesn't seem like it's windy in Cincinnati. Yeah. It is a two, it depends where you look. I, latest I saw was Cincinnati laying two and a half points. You can get on the Browns getting a couple points in this game, something like that. The over-under is going to be anywhere from 46 to 48. I'm seeing 46 and a half. That could change. The Browns are plus 120. So if you put 120, or sorry, if you put 100 bucks on the Browns, you get 120 back. Which, uh, to if you're if you're feeling frisky about gambling a little bit, that's that's something that you can take advantage of. Some player props that I think are particularly interesting, if you're into that sort of thing. Um. The completions in this game, Baker Mayfield 19 and a half is his number. Joe Burrow 22 and a half. Baker's 222 passing yards. I can't think of. I mean, at least easily, it feels like the Browns labor to 222 passing yards weekly. Uh, yeah. 270 for Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe Burrow's over two and a half touchdowns. Um, over unders two and a half. Baker's is one and a half. Uh, from the run game, Brad Joe Mixon's at 60 and a half. Nick Chubb's at 85 and a half. Hmm. Run plus receiving, Mixon's at 80 and a half, Nick's at 96 and a half. And then longest rush, 17 and a half for Nick, 14 and a half for Joe Mixon. Receiver numbers, 24 and a half yards for Austin Hooper. CJ Uzoma is 26 and a half. Jamar Chase is 72 and a half. Uh, Jarvis Landry's 56 and a half. Joe Mixon's 15 and a half. T. Higgins is 60 and a half. And then Tyler Boyd is 47 and a half. And that's the end of the little gambling nuggets that i have it is again brad the dark cloud hanging over a week for the browns of 
Jim Nance, Tony Romo, Tracy Wolfson. It has not gone well. I think we talked about it last Sunday. Yeah. That Nance's last game that he called of Cleveland's. But hey, here's the thing. The last one he called of Cleveland's that they won was in Cincinnati on Thursday night in 2014. So it's time to break the curse, man. Do you think as we dive into our three keys here, let's just let's just kind of hit it hit it and hit the ground running, Brad. What what do they have to do to win this? Let's just go over three things the Cleveland Browns have to do cuz well, let me slow down a little bit ahead of myself. Is this a is this a breaking point? Can the Browns afford to lose? I feel like it's a breaking point for both teams. The Bengals, I don't think we've talked about it enough, Brad, because the Browns drama this week, but the Bengals had a huge win to get to five and two, feeling yeah, great right about back. themselves in a classic letdown against the Jets. If they lose again to go to five and four, that whole fantastic start is squandered. You know, I think I think Baltimore plays Baltimore is a very winnable game. I cannot remember off the top of my head who they play, but I know it's a very winnable game. So then the Ravens would get to something like six and two. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. Who they play? They play the Vikings at home. That's a very winnable game for them. Yeah. So I feel like I don't know. I kind of feel like each team is at a, a, a. I mean, the Cleveland's at a bigger crossroads, no doubt about it. But Cincinnati too. They they were really feeling themselves and cannot drop to five and four on a home game against a team like Cleveland right now that is by all accounts, reeling in an interesting locker room. Do you feel like this is the pivotal turning point of this season? It certainly feels like it, doesn't it, Jake? I mean, it just the, the weight of this game is just, just so heavy right now, it feels like. At the same time, I don't want to, like, say they did lose, right? And you're mm-hmm. four and five. I mean, your season's not over just because the AFC is so wild right now. I mean, teams are beaten every week. Is it, there's upsets, ups and downs. So I wouldn't write them off if they lost. You know, I, I still think they could compete for that seven seed, but it certainly feels like a, a kitchen sink type of a game, right? You got to kind of, you got to get this one, I feel like, kind of. So. Yeah. I feel the same. I mean, I feel the same for Cincinnati, too, because I believe Desperate, looking at Cincinnati, yeah. they have Oakland coming up the next week. Now, I know Oakland's going through their own 30 for 30 type of drama in the past few past few weeks. But if I'm looking at the Bengals schedule, um, this is what we do real time here for you folks. They do host Pittsburgh after the Raiders and Pittsburgh will be after some revenge there. Then they host the Chargers and then they host the 49ers. So. And then they make a trip out to Mile High, which is never a given. Then they get the Ravens, and they get the Chiefs. So they need to win this game. I think that they are probably looking at it ahead of their bye, Brad. They have the bye week following this one. They yeah. cannot go into their bye five and four if they want to be the upstart team that many think they are. So this will be a classic back-against-the-wall game for both teams, in my opinion. And it's more so Cleveland, no doubt, but Cincinnati's hungry for this one to to prove some things because I think Cleveland has only lost to Cincy once in the last three years. So there's a little bit of revenge factor that they're trying to get back on the right track in this rivalry, this divisional rivalry, battle of Ohio, battle of I 71, whatever you want to call it, Brad, wherever you want to label this thing. Um, How how do the Browns get it done? Let's go over our three keys on both sides here and see what we got. All right. So, you know, I guess, I'm going to say this as an over. I'll just kind of do this first as an overarching theme. I think they can kind of. This isn't really one of my keys, but I think they can kind of Jake follow the Jets' game plan a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, 
stop the run, take what's there on offense. It's kind of what Mike White did to the tune of 500-plus yards, but he took what was there, dinked and dunked them, and they shut down the run game, and and they were able to pull out the game in the fourth quarter. And, and I think that the Browns kind of maybe want to try to follow that same path, you know. Uh, the Bengals want to get out fast, and they score on a lot of big plays. So I'll make my first, I'll make my first key though. Okay, and I kind of just wanted to mention that there a little bit. Uh, but I'll make my first key that red zone defense. Uh, you know, I it, the Bengals are going to move the ball on the Browns. I think if you can keep them to field goals and keep them out of the end zone, which has been a little bit of a bugaboo for them at times, uh, I think that would be really huge for the Browns. So, Ben, but don't break in this one, I think. And the Jets did a nice top two, and this might be one of your later points of bracketing Jamar Chase and not letting him be a security blanket for Joe Burrow. I mean, when Burrow gets in trouble, or not even in trouble, but when he feels like a team is bringing pressure, he will simply say, hey, I'm going to one-on-one yep. ball you down the sideline with Jamar because that's what I've known. That's that's second nature for him. So I do agree they need to make Cincinnati earn it every single drive, uh, which I thought they did with Pittsburgh for the most part. I thought they played fine yeah. there. I thought they played fine the week before, too, at Denver, making teams earn it. Continue on that trend. Continue on that path. And um, they've only got five turnovers, Brad. Create some damn turnovers, man. It would be lovely right. to get three turnovers in a game or something. As much as we talk about the offense and everything feels so difficult, it's the same with the defense or everything also feels really difficult. Even though I know they're doing, they're fine. They're playing fine. You know, 15 points is enough to win a football game. You should win football games in the NFL when you hold someone to 15 points. But even dating back to the Denver game and obviously the clunker they laid against Arizona, they got to find a way to create some turnovers. Um, just because it can be a jolt for the offense, too. I mean, that's a huge thing the Browns did last year was we went all the time looking at the turnovers that the Browns converted into points last year. It was huge for them. Yes. So it would be lovely to see them create some. I know when they went to Cincinnati last year, I'm pretty sure Miles got a couple strip sacks, uh, at least mm-hmm. one that they created where Ronnie Harrison scooped it up. But I know they created a couple turnovers in that game. Uh, they need to uh, they need to do that. Go above and beyond when your offense is the way it is right now. So those are great and pertinent points for the defense. What do you have uh, for point two, Brad? Um, you know, looking at the offense here with the second two points, and this one's going to kind of you know is just uh, building off of everything from this week and into what you need to do offensively in this game. But I, you know, what, not to get into all that, but what the Browns failed to do with Odell Beckham Jr., I think you have to do with Jarvis Landry in this game. And, like, let's get him involved early. Let's make him a big part of this, okay? he's the He is the glue that holds this team together. And if there's any fracture in this game, he is the guy that can can cure that fracture because he is the heart and soul of this team. So get him involved early. He'll be fired up. He'll come out. He'll show the heart and soul. He'll, you know, make him a big part of the game plan and let let everybody feed off of that energy early on. Yeah, they're only dressing, as far as I know, maybe they're taking Jamarcus Bradley. I can't remember, but they only have four active on the roster wide receivers right now. So 
Um, you know, I know they don't play a ton of 11 or they don't play any 10 personnel, but you know, somebody gets hurt in pregame or something right. silly like that. They're going to be with their backs against the wall. We'll see what they do with the future of the receiver room immediately and later, but yeah, they're going to need to produce somewhere. Jarvis is going to have to be an important part of that. Donovan people's Jones coming back from the groin is going to have to be a part of that. Need to see Richard Higgins pop up a little bit more. We saw him pop up, obviously, when Odell went down with an injury last year. So yes. you hope that there's some comfort that comes back into this thing for, for everybody involved. That really, Brad, is the hope. And I mean, my third point, and I'm not sure what you'll say, is that Baker Mayfield's got to be better. He's got to be good. If he's not really good, they're not going to win. Um, is that the hope here, uh, you know, all your feelings about the two guys – all your feelings about the Browns in general, whether it is that that the data says that Baker Mayfield is pretty damn good without Odell Beckham. That's it's it's it could be it could just be whatever. Shrug your shoulders like it, it, it could mean nothing or it could mean everything for yeah. him. So and the it, hope and it's here, a large it's it a is. large amount of data now. It it's is. not just a little amount anymore. It's a large sample size. Yes. So the hope above all hope here. Yeah, it sucks the way it's split up. You can you can be mad at who you ever want to be mad at, but for the Browns' future, is you better hope that whatever was going on with Baker and Odell is out the window, and Baker goes back to being the player that he was when he is not thirteen, has not been on the field in Cleveland. Because that would solve all of it. If Baker gets back to being really good again, and those, the data that we saw, you know, the second highest, his second highest graded quarterback in the NFL without Odell, if he gets back to that, then we'll forget about every single thing here. We'll never talk about Odell. Like it'll it'll be dead because people will just care that Baker's playing good football again. So. That, to me, is the single largest key in this game, Brad. I don't know if you had a different third point, but he has to be really good for them to have any chance to win here. No, that's what I got. It says it right here. You know, I have it written down right here. Baker has to be great. I mean, Jake, he's up against the fence. He's back against the wall. This is when he, you know, turns it around, and uh, this that's the situation, and... He's got all doubters on him. You know, this is when he performs his best. No Odell on the field. Uh, let's see what, if he can turn it around. But he's going to need to be really good to great to win against this Bengals team, I think. Spot on, my friend. Should be a great game, guys. Um, get settled in. I know on our side we'll have a Twitch pregame at 12, and then we'll have a postgame show. I know Brad will do his pod as well. Um, Sunday at some point, and I'll have mine so. as well at some point on Sunday as well. We'll we'll give you what we find. We'll pick up the pieces and <laughs> figure it all out when you figure it out, man. Just hope for the best, and uh, finally maybe the Browns can get back to sort of that flat line, no drama, um, winning football games mantra that they were so, so fun with last year. So, Brad, for the OBR Film Breakdown, all eyes on Cleveland. I appreciate you, brother. Always appreciate you, Jake. Uh, big one. Big one tomorrow. Go Browns, baby. Big one. Go Browns. Thanks, guys, for joining us.